0: Welcome to the Forever Classic Podcast, the show seeking enlightenment through video games, films, and other geek culture. I'm Alex McCumbers, and today, Tarnished Ye Rise, it's time for a big old deep dive discussion on Elden Ring. I brought two guests... We had like five or six planned, but a couple of them fell through. That's fine. We'll see Joe again on another show. And if you want more of uh, me and my buddy Ben Philbin, check out the Black Ice podcast. Just search for that on your favorite podcatchers. But I have with me here David, a good friend of mine who I've been going to movies with and kind of hanging out with in Minnesota. Great guy. Excellent chef. So, Dave, please say hello.
1: How's it going, everybody?
0: And then, of course, we've got Justin here from the Here's Johnny podcast, a horror show that is very worth your time, and who's also a writer in the video game journalistic space, and I believe has a
2: new role. So, Justin, please say hello. Hello, everybody. Uh, It's nice to be here again, actually. It's been a while since uh, the last oh my god, I came uh, Fantasy Critic League last year, I believe.
0: Yeah, I was trying to think of the last time you were on, and that's it. Me too, that whole
2: time I was thinking about it, but yeah. Uh, Yeah, it's been a long time, but uh, as you mentioned, yeah, I'm uh, one half of the Here's Johnny podcast. My other host, Larry, was on the Pokemon podcast. I'm not sure if that's it yet. okay, okay. Not yet, but it will be. uh, Okay. Yes, it'll be out before this, so. And then, yeah, I write for, well, I do contributing writing for for Forever Classics. Uh, I'm a semi-full-time i'm reviews writer for a small nintendo indie website uh, nintendolink.com and then i am now a this of like last week i'm a weekly editorial writer for uh, dread xp
0: dread xp is cool stuff i've been following them since they started doing the like little indie collections on steam
2: i haven't played yeah, it- any
0: of them but i have like four of them
2: so uh fun <laughs> funny story i uh, like year ago they had actually given me one of them just to, to cover it sure and i may have forgotten to do it and then that was <laughs> I, I didn't want to bring that up when i was talking to them about writing for them but yeah that's uh
0: it yeah. certainly does man like as somebody who's been reviewing games for a long time like we we really struggle with managing time especially those of us who are doing this either as volunteers or as part-time like it's hard to commit to these sort of things sometimes
2: yeah it's wild like well, when i first started doing here's johnny like it was like okay you know i watch a movie or play a game and then i talk about it whatever that's nothing like that's it's easy right when you're doing just one and then something else and then something else and then something and now i'm like okay well i've got like four things to do this week and i have to beat elden ring and da, 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 da. it's like holy yep. shit. okay where am i finding the time for this
0: yep it's a puzzle man i'm constantly yeah. like swapping around schedules and doing this and that and staying up way too late but uh oh, yeah. Yeah. There's always something to distract us, and one of the bit, my favorite distractions here recently has been like the Marvel Cinematic Universe and going to see like comic book films. Me and Dave just went and saw the Batman the other the other week, and that was pretty cool. I saw the, the Batman on the weekend.
1: Completely dark movie of darkness that was only dark. Yeah, oh, man, that I one wouldn't that have movie. worked on I'm... CRT, would it? <laughs> no, not at all.
2: <laughs> it was a great movie, though. I I I actually also just saw it this weekend. Yeah.
0: That's something I'm excited to hear you talk about one of these days because it's very much how I imagine Saw to be because I haven't seen those movies.
2: So that's exactly what I brought up. It's like the first half of that movie is basically a Saw movie. And it's like it it is so like entrenched in its like thriller themes that kind of goes off the deep end, like towards the latter half of it. But man, that first half is just like.
0: That movie's fascinating to talk about. Maybe we'll get something together for that. Because we have covered movies in the past here on the Forever Classic podcast. Like when Thor Ragnarok came out, I think me and Zack sat down and talked a bunch about it. But we need to get back into movies. We have an entire show called The Zack Snyder Cut that is our Zack Snyder hosting a show talking about the directed movies of the actual Zack Snyder, like the director guy. And that's a show that's been on my hard drive for a while because it's hard to find time for things. (laughs) But I am, like, going back into my legacy content and finding, like, old interviews and things I can quickly put together. So the Snyder Cut podcast is certainly something on my list of things to edit and put out. You know what?
2: Zack Snyder did make a fantastic Dawn of the Dead. I will say that.
0: He did do a— There's a lot of his movies that are actually pretty good, and we talked about that in that show. Uh, my favorite so far that I can remember is The Guardians of Gahul, the, like, 3D owl movie. That movie's great. I... I've never heard of this movie. <laughs> i never once. What? Okay, so no. 3D movies are cool, right? This is the first 3D movie I remember well, going to see and being no. like, "Oh, 3D can do cool shit."
2: Interesting. I like because I, the only thing I really know Zack Snyder for is obviously Evil Dead. He did that like Sucker Punch movie, I think, and yep. Watchmen, and the the the. Justice League? The movie that everybody was freaking out about that he got, like, his cut for. Yeah,
0: the Justice League Snyder Cut. Well, they call it something different. It's not actually called the Snyder Cut because that was more like a pop culture social media thing, which is why we're stealing that. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, but, um... That's a pretty cool little project. I recommend getting that and sitting down and watching it. It's like four hours long or some shit, but I think it's super entertaining. Oh, that's a
2: lot of time. That yeah, well, it's kind of like the Batman, time. right?
0: The Batman was right above three hours. And my favorite thing I've heard about it, like kind of echoed, is something that David also said during The Eternals.
1: It's an excellent, what I say, an excellent hour and 45 minute movie wrapped in an hour and 15 minutes of fluff. Yep. Yep. <laughs>
0: I kind of agree, and I kind of love three-hour movies. I'm on the fence about that one. But today's episode is all about probably one of the biggest, like, pop culture touchstones of this last video game generation. I imagine this will be the last, like, big hurrah for, like, three, six, or Xbox One and PS4 owners. But Elden Ring came out a couple weeks ago, and it's all I can think about. So I just really wanted to, like, get you guys on here and just gush about this game for a little bit. So, Justin, let's start with you. Like, for one, do you have, like, a background with Souls games? And what were you kind of hoping going into this particular
2: one? So I... Okay, my I have a complicated history with Souls games. I am obsessed with video games. So basically, anytime a new game comes out, good or bad, I try my best to try it. Sure. And this goes back to, I mean... When I was a teenager, basically when I had my first job, I was like, okay, you know, buying video games basically with all that money. So, I mean, as Dark Souls would come out or, you know, Bloodborne or Dark Souls 2 and 3 and all that, all the like Soulsborne-esque games like Neo and Neo 2, I would always, uh, well, earlier on, I would obviously rent them and then I would buy them if I enjoyed them. And uh, when rental stores went away, basically, I would just buy them. And I always hated uh, Souls games when I first tried them. I feel like... Uh, You tell this story
0: in in your
2: guys' show, too, but yeah. Oh, yeah, I do, absolutely. Because the first time I tried these games, I was like, ah, it's not for me. Like, this this isn't the type of gaming I enjoy. I want something just kind of, like, relaxing or over-the-top action. I don't want this, like, plotting, stamina-based combat bullshit is what I probably would have called it back then. (laughs) And then recently, I kind of forced Larry to play the first Dark Souls game, and something about it clicked with me. Hard. And I've basically been obsessed with the series for like the last year and a half. So I've obviously gone through and played Dark Souls, the remaster anyways. uh, I I skipped Dark Souls 2 because I played it for about an hour and then heard I should skip it because it's the bad one. Played Dark Souls 3, beat it, played and beat Bloodborne very recently, like maybe less than a month ago. Yeah, then Elden Ring came out and I was like, I had a feeling that this was this could go either way. It was either going to be basically the next step in the Soulsborne games and it's going to be amazing and it's going to be a game changer or it's going to kind of flop because it had a lot of it was basically there was like a pressure cooker around it because it got announced and then we didn't hear anything for for about like two years so everybody was thinking it was canceled or something you know they had to restart it or something had been going on with the project but no they i think uh miyazaki just like didn't talk about it because he he has this like way about making these games and he's uh, He's a master at his craft really and I think that comes through in this game. Yeah.
0: <sighs> the uh the team effort from from software is so multi-layered but it does and I think I've seen this in like interviews. It, a lot of it does have the like touch of Miyazaki. I've heard he's like kind of a terrible person to work for, so Oh, so actually, I've been told.
2: I I don't doubt that at all. <laughs>
0: yeah, which I mean could go either way. Regardless yeah. that team puts out extreme quality games. At least in the gameplay and the, like, player psychology of it all. One could argue that, like, some of the assets are, like, lacking and could be better. But at the end of the day, these games have always kind of felt massive to me. And so Elden Ring, when it came out and I started playing it, I'm like, oh, this is, this is, like, far beyond what I expected. And I don't physically know how they did this.
2: Yeah, one, and it's wild, too, because, like, you hear people talk about Elden Ring And you hear them talk about how accessible it is. I wouldn't really call it accessible. I would say it's definitely more approachable. Yeah. than other souls game just because it is a lot easier to. Usually in the souls games there's like this this whole weird system around summoning people and kind of getting help with bosses where I think here is like it's fantastic. It's I mean obviously yes, the game just came in so it's super easy to call in random people all over the place but they've also introduced like these ashes elements to it so you can I mean I basically found an ash uh a week ago that copies myself. So whatever build I am running, it copies that and so there's basically i'm playing co-op with myself That's uh, a fighting really a boss. good
0: one i need to go find that one down i was just on the phone with my buddy andrew at marooners rock shout out to what he does he was like yo you gotta go get that mimic ash it's super good it's oh
2: it's so good like it's weird because it is attached to probably one of the easiest bosses Funny. Uh, it's like what's that sorry i said funny yeah it's weird because i mean i think this game puts a very big hurdle at the start of the game with its first boss. And then it just kind of goes, okay, if you can beat that first boss, you can beat the game. Now go enjoy yourself and have fun.
0: Sure. And Dave, where I, did you kind of start with the Soul series?
1: I was going to say first, I get the sense that the game is kind of encouraging you to dig into exploration if you can't beat that boss. Oh, for sure. My, oh, absolutely. my initial sense is that like, what if you just, you know... Looked around a bit. For the Souls games, I have been playing them ever since, I think, Demon Souls. Demon Souls, I enjoyed that game a lot. I don't recall a ton about it. I just remember when the original came out, I want to say there was some kind of ring that helped prevent poison. I got to the poison swamp, and I probably <laughs> rage quit that game. That's, that's yes. my strong suspicion, is that that's what happened. And for some reason, glutton for punishment that I am, I immediately picked up dark souls when it launched and that game and like the series in general has been kind of the opposite of what i hear a lot of other people talk about they've never been very stressful games for me like they're hard sure but that plotting aspect to it that just like really methodicalness has always been something that uh pulled me into those games and they kind of just they're a game where i can load it up and just zen out I know that I'm just going to be in the moment, in the game, slowly learning and slowly just pushing my way forward. And I've done that in all of them except for, I never played Sekiro, but all the Souls games and Bloodborne, I have that exact same relationship with. And they've just been astounding for that.
0: I totally agree with that idea of like being in the moment with these games. Because I think the way they're designed, they really like demand attention. And I think that's something that the Souls-like genre in general has done really well with kind of, cap- like, capturing a similar feeling. Because, I mean, this—the the original games, Dark Souls, Demon Souls, Bloodborne, they've gone on to inspire, like, countless indies and other projects to the point that it's absurd. It's a whole genre. Um, Here pretty soon we're going to get Lies of P, which is a Pinocchio puppet-esque kind of Bloodborne-like from, like, this random indie studio, and it looks super cool. We got Mortal Shell we've talked about on the show— uh, even Hollow Knight echoes souls like these games really are like a piece of pop culture that has gone far beyond what their original scope was but so back in the day I think this was high school my friend Timmy was the only one who had a PS3 he used to play games with his dad and so they would sit down and like do various exercises and stuff because he was like a wrestler and so he'd go out on the porch, lift a little bit, come back in, they'd play some games and that was just kind of their thing, right? But the big thing is they always played games on the hardest difficulty. So they were always kind of searching for like really tough games and one day Timmy stops me at my locker and he says, hey, I've got this game that's like nothing I've ever played. It's called Demon's Souls and it's like, What if it was a, a, like, really meaningful Dungeons & Dragons dungeon delve, but it's hard as shit? And I'm like, oh, that sounds kind of annoying, like, and and I didn't think much of it, but then Dark Souls came out, and it started becoming more and more synonymous with the way that I sit down and play games, because I think I eventually picked up, like, a cracked copy on PC or something, and then after, like, spending some time with it, and having somebody like that was good at the game explain to me what all these different systems meant. I ended up picking up like every single release from Software as Done, including like the remasters and such. So I have like the PS3 copy of Dark Souls Two, which is very different from like the remastered version they did of the PS4 version. And Justin and I haven't played that one very much either. But what's funny is apparently there's a lot of Dark Souls Two in Elden Ring.
2: Yeah, I hear uh, people have basically called it Dark Souls Two too. Makes sense yeah it's weird i think you have to be kind of at you have to be in the right mindset to start a souls game but i think if you start it when you are in that mood or in the right mindset or whatever you want to call it they just like they really click with you and i mean right now is a great time because yes there's four or five of them now right so other than elven ring right that you can so i know for a fact when I'm done Elden Ring, if I don't restart it right away, I'm probably just going to go play, replay Dark Souls 1.
0: I think I'll jump into Demon's Souls on PS5 and try to make more progress on it. (sighs) Because that's a very different feeling game, even though it like echoes a lot of what made Demon's Souls great. It's essentially like, An interpretation by Bluepoint, the, like, American—I believe they're mostly American studio that's, like, down in Texas somewhere. And so that game just, like, feels slightly different in some ways in a really, like, cool, interesting way. And all of these games, I think, they all have strengths and weaknesses, but the main strength that I see is they they really, like, envision a world and then play around with, like, tropes and such to the point where things, like, will feel familiar— and so things like, oh, blunt damage does more to skeletons, or if I use holy on a zombie, it'll, like, do more damage to it, right? That's, like, just kind of ingrained into RPG mechanics. It's ever since, like, Dungeons and & Dragons and Final Fantasy. And they'll play with that in a really cool, meaningful way in Dark Souls, where if you, like, hit one with a club, it'll shatter, but then it might rebuild. And so it's it's just a really cool, like, take on fantasy. And and they did the same thing with, uh, like... H.P. Lovecraft and Bram Stoker's kind of world and vibe with Bloodborne. And then they did some really cool samurai stuff with uh, Sekiro, which I've only played the beginning of, but I've seen a lot of it played. And it's just, it's a wonderful studio. And Elden Ring kind of has this really wild, almost Nordic-like sense to it. It, It's very European Nordic kind of thing. It's hard to explain sometimes in places, but it feels like all the cool things that From Software has been doing throughout their storied legacy of these games culminates in this one some of the performance could be better but at the end of the day the the vision behind this title is truly astounding
2: man so I, I do have to ask that so have you come have you come across like performance issues
0: yes I am on PS5. And I have come in to pop in. I've jumped in the air and had the game freeze for a bit. My character just hovers and then he immediately dies. Whoa. These are all things that can be ironed out, obviously. I've seen, like, monsters, especially the big lions with the, the like, sword paws. I've seen those mm-hmm. guys, like, go through staircases and shit.
2: <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, it, it's, it's weird to me that, like, well, I shouldn't say weird. It's wild to me that, like, so perfect example is like i i haven't come across any of those issues i've had a ton of network issues yeah i believe that but no like i surprisingly i haven't had the game crash on me (laughs) now what sort of network
0: issues have you been facing
2: oh just the whole like uh for example last night i was fighting a boss called the the the, the, i'm trying to decide if i'm going to say the name or not no go for it (laughs) okay uh godskin duo hey that's what I what called well not okay. the duo
0: i think i fought a big fat guy do you have to fight two of those uh, okay great
2: <laughs> uh, it's the big guy and somebody else <laughs>
0: okay because i've got a story about the fat guy after you're done
2: oh man this um so have, have you taken down Rodan or rodan or i, I forget if it's an a or a no at the start there
0: in i have not is he in Kaled in the south yeah,
2: the, the the festival
0: I've seen the festival, but I have not successfully beat that boss. I can't even get within like forty yards of this guy, which is why I like took off towards the north and was like, "I'll come back for you."
2: So apparently, you're supposed to be like eighty level eighty something to uh, take him down. That's about apparently. Where I'm at. Uh, yeah, I found a a great cheese and did it at level forty five.
0: Hell yeah, dude! When these games like. They don't play fair a lot of times. They, no, they they, don't. Actually they really do, don't. but it doesn't feel like they do. So well, I'm running around with the sword of night and flame, which is the like ultimate cheese weapon that's got two different Oh, magic how is that? See, I
2: I'm actually running around with the moonveil. Moonveil, Oh, which the is katana? like uh yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, uh sword Wait, of night and is flame weird. is real good.
2: So uh, that's like the the weapon art is like the the laser beam basically, right? Yeah,
0: it's got a it's got the same laser that you can get as a spell and then it shoots this like really wide fire arc, I will say this spell, on the sword at least, will fuck you over. It will, because if there's any sort of elevation, it doesn't angle very well. I've been point-blank range, and this thing misses somehow. Like, it it has a really weird hitbox, and it's not a, like, be-all, end-all, win button, like some people kind of make it out to be. It certainly helps, and it does oodles of damage, especially to, like, giants and things that are weak to either magic or fire, but this weapon has some... From Software jank on it that I'm not a fan of.
1: Interesting. Normally, I've been very impressed with how the game's accuracy on the hitboxes has played out. Like,
0: Yeah.
2: Well, I, I will say, especially considering other From Software games, like... These are their tightest hitboxes yet. Yeah, they
0: they most... Okay, so the only hitbox issues I've had has been with that weapon in particular. I've not run into much
2: else. Interesting, yeah. So, So I have to ask, because the first hurdle that I kind of talked about earlier is... Is it Margot or Margo? I, I Sorry, I'm getting all my bosses mixed up as we're talking.
0: Yeah, the guy that's got, like, the cool tail and, like, the funny
1: staff.
2: Yes, and then he, like, pulls out the hammer when he's second phasing.
1: Yep, yep. Yeah, like so that's the, the holy hammer of light thing. <laughs> yeah. So-
2: did did you guys happen to explore and find his shackle no yes. but i
1: knew it existed I did.
2: okay so you you got it off patches which was a very nice thing to see patches come back
0: i don't know about nice <laughs> but it's fun <laughs> that he's there <laughs>
2: I mean, he always fucks you over in all of these games, so it's like, okay, Patches is here. All right, what's this guy going to do to me now?
0: Yeah, right. One of these days, he's going to show up and be like a like a super nice nun or something. No,
2: Nobody's going to trust him. No, yeah, nobody never what's going to happen.
0: <laughs> I would Although, laugh so hard.
2: I will say, I, I haven't seen a lot of people talk about it, so I don't know if it was just me... I guess you could say listening into things but I do think I heard like an like an ode to one of my favorite pieces of music in the front of like the from series games really Uh, okay in here there is a point where Alex you are about to go to (laughs) just to kind of basically okay so we obviously we, we talked a little bit before we actually started recording we found out where each other are or each other is our is man yeah, whatever however you want to say that the next step that you were told to go do if you remember i have done that there is almost like a like an old an uh, an ode to the uh soul of cinder yeah um Ooh, okay piece of music which is like obviously an ode to the lord of cinder from dark souls one so it's this weird like i i'm not sure if it's there i need somebody else to hear it though because like okay well, after the second, show, I find swear.
0: me those two music clips, and we'll listen to them side by side.
2: Okay. Okay.
0: That Easy. would be super cool. But so because back to the Margaret Shackle thing did Did yes. you guys find that like naturally? Because I only saw it because I saw co op people use it. Um, I didn't know where it was.
2: So I, I spent probably about twenty something hours in that first area. So I, I I just happened to find it. I it I felt like there was something weird going on with uh is when you do first come across me begs for mercy and obviously you can kill him or don't kill him i didn't kill him because i will uh, never kill npcs in a souls game if i'm given the choice because you never know my rule come he, as well <laughs> <laughs> this game apparently right?
0: allows you to like resurrect people by the way so if you see somebody oh, yes, that the, you want to the kill sin. there's a there's a way that you can reverse that i've been told
2: i, I believe it's at the big turtle
0: yeah i think yeah. so i love Bit- yeah. poke turtle but go on
2: <laughs> um and basically he says, oh, yeah, come back here and I'll set up shop. So I was kind of curious and I was like, OK, sure. I like reloaded the area, went to him. And then I, I didn't even know what it was. But I, whenever there is a quantity of one in a store in a game like this, I will buy it. That makes sense. Because you, you never know. Right. And yeah, that's and then I just kind of put two and two together like, oh, hey, that's his name. Oh, what does this do? And then
1: Dave, did you find that thing? I did find it naturally. However, I am not nearly as inquisitive. So I did not use it. Okay.
2: Well, man, it makes that fight so much
1: easier.
2: It now does that <laughs> so work? So I've heard you? in
1: retrospect,
0: because <laughs> you fight that guy twice, right? Am I like I fought a guy who had a yeah, either no, the no same it's him.
2: Name? No, it, it's him. And you can use it again.
0: That's crazy, and it does work again. Oh shit! Yeah, I
2: didn't know that. Uh, yeah actually there's like a cheese right now though where if you use it outside like right before fighting him he like his ai messes up and he just stands still for like 20 seconds when you get oh, in there hilarious.
0: <laughs> but that that fat guy that you were talking about the like god skin whatever first of all grotesque yes. and cool and like crazy but i fought him in the like lava manner or whatever and it's funny yeah. because there's like a point outside of that building that you can walk into and it'll trigger the boss fight even though you're like not in the building. Yes. And so like his health shows up, the music starts, and I just hear him like flumping <laughs> around up there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Finally, I get in there and I'm like, oh, this guy, he's got, he needs therapy. <laughs> and so I gave him some therapy with the help of two others.
2: Well, yeah. And so that's the other thing too about this is like they have made it so easy to basically call in other people. Yes, and, which
0: I utilize constantly.
2: Yeah, you know, so I had a big thing in the first Dark Souls when we were playing it for the Here's Johnny podcast. I didn't summon at all until I got to Ornstein Smog just because yep. I that was basically the stopping point for me when I originally played. So I was like, you know what, I'm just going to call it, Summon People and let them deal with it and then i didn't i didn't summon for the rest of the game and then uh we we were like streaming the whole thing over twitch and people were like well, you know giving me shit cuz oh, you don't know, yeah, get good the, that is the one thing i will say i do not like about the souls community is the whole get good thing it's going to be oh. a
0: real quiet or a real vocal minority i think moving forward because this game is going to like hit people that it never did before
2: right and I- i'm hoping it does because like they have in a weird way like well like I mentioned earlier, this is their most approachable title because it is very easy to call people in. Yes. Like, extremely easy. And they have these points set up all over the place where if somebody else has, like, activated that point, they can send their sign to all those points. And basically, the first person to call them in, they'll just go. They can be across the map. They can be in undisclosed locations. Uh so that's how that works. Oh, yeah. Like, I, 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 I've I done it a couple times where I'm just like, oh, okay, I have, like, half an hour. I'll just put my sign down and help somebody fight a boss. And I didn't know how it worked at first, so I put it down in front of Market actually. Yeah. And it brought me, uh, like, all the way to Caleb, and I was like, oh, fuck uh, cuz you yeah. touched the,
0: the the little little guy, right? The little statue. Yeah,
2: cuz so you can either like set your sign down right where you're standing or you can send it to summon stones. Oh. So I sent it to a summon stone just thinking, "Oh, well it'll send it to this one cuz I'm right here."
0: Sure, sure. That's funny. No. No, that's not how it works. No, when this and game I, fucks I, you I, you fuck back and that's, that's like how, I have that's how I, I feel have called about people summon.
2: in. I have called people in in the area where I am. And as soon as they land, they just like do their like knife thing and leave. Where like leave me because of I where I am. Where they're at now. Like,
1: not today. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. It's been rough that way, but you know, whatever. It, it, usually, people are like, you can summon them in, and they're they're there to help. And they've made the whole PVE or sorry PVP thing easier for people like me. I don't like the PVP element. Yeah, sure. I, I'm not here for it really. So I have a ring that I turned on when I got it. So whenever I get invaded it'll just start, like, summoning people in to help me.
0: Oh, nice. So I I am fascinated by the PvP. I think it's really cool and has been in various uh, Souls games. Yeah. Imagine a world where I could see myself getting into that in this one.
2: Interesting. I I mean, I I definitely think that this is going to be the one that people... Well, like you said, people are going to... This is going to be a lot of people's games that quite possibly look at other From Software games and go... No, not at all. That's not for me.
0: Elden Ring feels like... I don't know. It's like... there's a lot of games out there that are struggling to keep people engaged for long periods of time, right? Like, the live service yeah. model is fighting with this, and it, in a lot of ways, it has failed. The examples that I think of that really keep people's attention are things like Destiny and Final Fantasy Realm Reborn. And to me, this feels like that in a Souls framework. Like, I can totally see myself spending a stream or, like, an evening sitting down and just helping, like, lower-level players with really tough boss fights and going in and using my stupid laser and just be like, here, I got you, bud. Like it's fine. Or building a tank and just make putting on that item that always directs enemies to me. And so I, there's a lot you can play this game.
1: Like one of the things that I really appreciate about the game is all of the play styles seem relevant and all of the different options for multiplayer Just been so refined since other edition, like other Souls games. One of the things that I've really, really enjoyed is, and I've enjoyed it way more than I thought I would, is the duelist marks instead of getting randomly invaded. Mm. Because it seems to me when I call in people from duelist marks and when I throw down a duelist mark, there's, I don't know, when I get invaded, I always feel like whoever's invading me is kind of like. There's, like, this, like, I'm gonna win no matter how I win, whereas with the duelist marks, the people I fought always seem like they're gonna make it, like, a fair-ish fight instead of I'm gonna run away and stand in the middle of this mob and
3: yeah, what
1: may. Whereas with the duelist, people are like, alright, salute, time to fight, good to go.
0: There's a weird, like, soul's etiquette to the PvP that I think is worth studying in itself, And that's something that I saw in like Bloodborne even, where people will show up, they'll dump all of their healing items, or maybe it was Dark Souls three that I'm thinking of, either way. They'll like dump all their healing items to say, All right, it's just my shit versus your shit and we're gonna do this as fair as
2: we can. There is always a bow too. You have to put the bow in. Yep. You gotta have some sort of salute.
1: Healing potions all day.
2: Oh yeah, <laughs> but there is, there's this weird,
0: like unspoken, cause there's, there is like voiceover support, I think in this one, but it's like you primarily through gestures and stuff, this like dualist etiquette. I don't know how this came about, but it just like, you. I, I guess it just works like organically. Somebody did it and then whoever they were fighting were like, well, I'm just going to do that now. And now it's like a common thing, which is how the like messaging system plays into effect as well.
1: I will say that I find the uh, the messaging system in this one just because there's so much more control, I think, over what people can put to be so much less useful than like Dark Souls 1 and 3. It's funny you say that
0: because I've been totally saved in dungeons by messages. Really? Yeah, constantly, man. It's really handy. It's also very I, I funny. Think I,
1: I think that I have uh, tuned them out. After is this dog and try finger butthole nine thousand times or
0: Fort, comma Knight? Like, there's so many good fort, ones.
1: comma Knight.
0: The one that I saw that was really funny is somebody used the gesture where you like put your hands like open at your sides, like kind of like a like a welcoming <laughs> gesture or whatever. And he did that in front of two like mannequins who had very pronounced cod pieces, like armor sets. Um, <laughs>
2: let me uh tell you about the message I put at the round table. Hold, that is that exact thing oh great you fucking uh what does it say it says time for i loaded up my game because i was gonna yeah it was uh behold taking on all at once oh that's Uh, really funny (laughs) yeah i i love that system
0: and it's it's so funny because it it, like calls for creativity and there's this like unspoken language almost that is developed over these games
2: yeah it's it's so weird to me that i mean the wording might be a little different but there's always been like your tri-finger buttholes basically uh in souls games but it's like there is such like a cultural phenomenon going on with elden ring right now that like we are seeing people like play this that have have had no interest right have had no interest in like from soul or from software games before and i'm actually curious to do you guys know anybody that like hasn't really had an interest in these style of games try elden ring and enjoy it
1: that's one of the reasons that we really wanted Joe here is Joe is one of the people who bounced off Souls games, not Bloodborne, but Souls games in general. But this one dumped, like, 20 hours in, in the first, like, three days
0: yeah he uh he's always had a trouble with the idea of like specifically the checkpointing is kind of held him back right because in most souls games and this is why this one i think is really catching on with people because it's far more forgiving in between bosses sometimes in souls games there's like 20 minutes of enemies and you can either try to run around them which is fairly annoying or you can fight through them again which is very time consuming and then you just walk into a boss arena, and get raffle stomped within five seconds, and there's no, like, learning period. Like, I don't know what I did wrong, I just got my ass kicked. But in Elden Ring, half the time, your boss checkpoint is, like, literally right next to the door.
1: Your steak o That's also very handy. Yep. If there's not a
0: grace, it'll let you, like, throw up a checkpoint. By the way, I got to the end of a very, like, crazy dungeon the other night and wound up staring down the barrel of two Crusader Knights with no grace down there. And so I was just stuck at the stake of America for a while, and I, like, I tried my hardest, guys. I couldn't do it. (laughs) I (laughs) went and beat up the original Crucible Knight just to feel better.
1: One of the things that, uh... I threw my head against the wall today for for quite some time was some boss called the Godskin Acolyte that is in the basement of a giant tower yep and not doing super well and when I decided I was done with this I just equipped one I think it's the Erdtree branch or whatever let it kill me and bounced out with my like forty thousand souls and there's so many little systems like that that make this game so much more reasonable Mm -hmm. because every time that i've played you know a souls game it becomes this all right well i'm gonna have to beat this boss because at this point i've thrown my head against this my souls are in there and if i don't do it right i'm gonna lose all of them and now like the game gives me an out
0: yes for a lot and it of reasons. it gives me an
1: out whenever I want. Like, the open-world aspect of it is just one giant out every time I run into something I can't beat. Yep.
0: And that's how and I've I... been playing, too. Like, I've been very exploration-heavy in this game. I basically ignore the runes or the souls equivalent. And yeah. I just, like, pick a direction and go. And any path, like, any bit of resistance I meet, if there's, like... Two attempts on a boss, and I'm not making any progress on it? I I do exactly what Dave's talking about, is I just fucking leave, right? Like, you can just fuck off. It's great.
2: <laughs> yeah, it, it's weird that, like... I mean, okay, obviously a lot of people are are using the the Breath of the Wilds, or, well, mainly just Breath of the Wild example. It's a fairly uh, apt
0: comparison, considering the release time windows of both those titles and their general structure.
2: And, and their... General fuckiness to the Horizon series. Yeah, oh, man. I, I feel poor bad about that game.
0: They're good games, like, but <laughs>
2: yeah, no, I know I agree they are good. They just they have. I mean, at this point, it's got to be like the worst luck in release dates.
0: I forget who said oh. it, but somebody was like, "Man, I can't wait to play the game that comes out a week after Horizon Three. That game's gonna be amazing." <laughs> <laughs> right. It was oh, another good. journalist. Our circles. I don't remember who. Sorry, bud.
2: Oh, that that that's good. Uh, but but it, it, I mean, it makes sense because. Obviously, Breath of the Wild was built on this like explore. you know, basically, yes, if you don't like to explore, you are not gonna like Breath of the Wild. And I, I, I agree. I think the same goes for Elden Ring because all of its systems like weirdly work incredibly well in like an open world game. Because like you said, if you come across something you don't like, okay, go the other way, go a different way, go, you can literally go around bosses if you want to. Yes, yeah.
0: You can skip whole sections. Like, you can go completely around Stormvale and not even bother with that.
2: Exactly. Like, and they've made it possible. And I think it's probably the smartest decision they've ever made is to take this, like, Souls infrastructure and merge it into an open world. I think they did great because, I mean, yes— you still have it, it's still got like its base you know the combat still kind of feels the same i mean it's i i do think it's a lot faster and i will say with not having a, a, a like a weapon degradation system is amazing yeah, it's oh made goodness. katanas useful for the first time
0: <laughs> Woo-hoo, i forgot that was yeah. a system in those games
2: oh oh yeah and and that's why like throughout the rest of the, the soul series i didn't use katanas because they were yeah they were incredibly powerful but they broke so easy huh. and then because they don't in this game i'm like i'm over here dual wielding katanas like <laughs> you know fuck it whatever i'm ha- I'm just having fun with it yeah. and it, they've balanced the well, okay maybe balance is the wrong word but they whatever in such a way that like any build works really i mean obviously there's some that aren't going to work just because they you know you can't go dual wielding shields and expect to get although Give it what's a week, funny is i man.
0: just saw a video that talks about the viability of dual wielding great shields <laughs> but go on
2: no i was just gonna say <laughs> give it a week and i'm sure somebody will have a beat like that because i, I think yep. the world record right now is like
0: 38 minutes it's down below 30 distortion 2 shout outs to that guy has actually just made it down to like 28 as of like 15 hours ago My
2: That's okay wild 28 minutes Oh, man, what was I doing 28 minutes into the game? (laughs) Like, probably (laughs) still making my character? I don't know.
0: (laughs) I was running down that stupid hallway because I took the key as my gift or whatever, and I was trying to do that dungeon that's got the big chariot guys.
2: Oh, man, I still haven't... I haven't beat that
0: dungeon. And the last one that I found of that had Crucible Knights at the
1: end of it, and I was like, God bless it. (laughs) What? Oh, wow. Are Crucible Knights the ones that uh, get the tail and the wings and fly around and you to Allenbeck.
3: Uh-huh.
1: I found the Crucible Knight on accident in uh Stormvale Castle, and that was a wonderful example of when you start exploring too much in that game and the game decides to just kick you in the teeth.
2: Oh, Alex, you are gonna like the next area you have to go to, buddy.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, I know. I, I've heard that they become regular
0: enemies, and I'm like, I dislike these guys. I will do everything in my power to cheese them considerably. <laughs>
2: It's weird because I I also feel like, I mean, I could be wrong on this. Uh, I I don't know. 100% I haven't, you know, explored the entire map. But I also feel like something that is missing, though, is at some point in time in the Souls games, you get to a point where your bosses from the start. I'm thinking like Capra Demon, for example, from the first Dark Souls.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Becomes like a regular enemy. And it's just like he's a boss. And then like five hours later, they're just everywhere. It, it I, definitely I ha- gets
0: annoying, but I I know what you're talking about.
2: But but I haven't really come across that yet, which is kind of nice. It it, it kind of gives Yeah. their boss fights more weight because it is still very Like, that design of an enemy, I guess, is still unique to that boss. And I I don't know. It's it's a little
0: There's a lot of unique creatures and weapons and items and stuff. And the way that it rewards exploration is, I think, just because of the sheer, like, amount of that stuff. And then not only that, but I'm very, like, mechanically driven in my exploration. So I go around, I collect weapons, and I just, like, be in the moment, right? But there's certainly, like, a level that you can do just on lore alone where you go through and you, like really dive into the history of this world which is fairly rich i
1: i'm always impressed by the amount of lore that they managed to cram in there and i think that they've running on that theme of like increased accessibility or accessibleness in general like there's people who actually tell you the lore now like uh roger or whatever just hearing him talk about things is super cool and i still look at and read the item descriptions because miyazaki has essentially trained me to do this at that point yeah it's
2: i i mean i have (laughs) a little bit of a controversy but i i have certain feelings toward uh bloodborne and it's uh storytelling uh (laughs) that's and I'll, i'll i'll leave it at that but it was so it was nice to go from that to basically elden ring where it felt like okay this they've improved that too like what haven't they improved really
0: It's still Um, not the, like... So when I came into Elden Ring, I kind of expected a pretty straightforward narrative through line, and granted, there is kind of that. There's certainly more than there was before, but it's definitely not a traditional, like storytelling structure at all and so that can be something that's tough for people to overcome and I, I just kind of like say to that like just enjoy the world building and the general sense of scale and that sort of thing and if you're interested in a particular character like look for items related to them or like hang out with them make sure you talk to people multiple times so that they actually move forward in their quest line so to speak
2: yeah that, that was one thing that uh it kind of reminds me of mass effect in a weird way it's like okay oh yeah after, after every lord or after every boss, you go around that round table hold and you talk to everybody.
1: Every single person. Every
2: single person. And you talk to them until they start repeating, and then you're good to go.
1: It's yep. one of the things that I've really appreciated about the game is, I don't know a good word for it, its opacity, very opaque. Yeah. Like, it doesn't explain hardly anything. Like, even, uh, even a lot of the people, oh, it's a quest. But I never accepted this quest. I am just happened to be running in the direction that this person happened to be talking about. Oh, and look, they're here again. And it creates a little bit more of a sense of, like, a living world than a lot of the Souls games have, just because it feels like these people are moving through the world and doing things. But it also very much decentralizes the story from my character's point of view. Like, I guess technically it's because I hit that trigger that, you know, killed that boss, which moved the whole world forward, but... In, like, a real sense, it feels like I didn't really have anything to do with him going over there, you know?
0: It's interesting because these NPCs, and I gotta say the voice acting this time around, as usual, I mean, it's always been pretty, like, intriguing, but, like, the voice acting for Elden Ring is really phenomenal. They really put some excellent, like, efforts into the downright just vocal inflections of things. And so that was really cool to hear. But it seems like these NPCs are the more active ones we've gotten out of the Souls franchise. Because it's like Justin is saying, like, you, you go and you kill a boss or two, you find a cool item, maybe you have an interaction with, like, uh, an in-game NPC fight, like an invasion that sometimes happens, and then you go talk to them and maybe that'll get you something else. But in this one, it certainly kind of stays in that structure as far as how you progress it. But because the characters are, like, starting in one region and going to a completely other region and, like, actually actually having goals and stuff it feels like they're it's a more lived in world just like you're saying
2: yeah i mean i i what is it grape girl i i don't know her name um i oh, don't know if you yeah. guys have come across. i i have only found one pair of grapes so she is still at that fur, like just outside the lake
0: i actually don't know I, where she is because i've been looking around for her and i find like the old ladies or whatever that read your palms and i thought that was the same character but i must be mistaken
2: So I know she kind of progresses further north because like you mentioned, she has her own goal. And I think that is something that Elden Ring does a good job of is it, it does tell you more of the story. I'm not going to say the entire story because it definitely doesn't do that. Right. But uh, it definitely makes it seem like each NPC has like their own goals, their own narratives that they are trying to follow through with. I mean, okay uh how to talk around this there's a point where you get invaded in a place where you don't normally get invaded
0: yes i have run across this i am wearing his armor yep okay i was like wait wait, what are you doing here
2: (laughs) i'm not sure how to talk about that Um... i think david
0: has also gone through this encounter yes yes yep okay great and i've Probably should have said this at the start of the show and I'll include this in the like the, the title description and everything. But this is a pretty spoiler heavy uh podcast. I say this as we're like closing in on an hour of recording. But yeah, feel free to talk about the kind of like details of this because it is a cool encounter.
2: Yeah, okay, okay, perfect. So you I, I don't unfortunately I don't remember her name. I'm horrible with names and basically Wait, it was if, a woman? I believe so. Uh oh. Is it? I don't know anymore. No. <laughs> oh god, <laughs> here we go. Um, Either way,
0: it's like a shadowy kind of edgy person.
2: Yeah, and but you can talk to other people in the world, and other people in the world will start talking about this like madness that takes over these people. Yeah, and you have the round the round table. Hold, is that what it's called? Something um, like
0: that. It's your base of operations, unless you choose to pick a different base of operations at varying points in the games.
2: Wait, you can do that? I think so. Because the Volcano
0: you- Manor certainly feels like that for me in some regards.
2: Have you done the quests there yet?
0: <laughs> I've done a quest, where they okay. like have me go kill a guy
2: or whatever. Yeah, so I will say when you do finish that, they all leave.
0: Oh, okay. Well,
2: there's reasons behind it, and like they'll talk to you before they leave. But uh, the Roundtable Hold is basically this area that you, at that point in this game, I would say, get comfortable. Yes, with like okay yeah i can travel here And like i remember when that happened to me i was traveling to the round table hold and i put my controller down for a second and like turned around and was like well why am i hearing hitting sounds what is going on i turned (laughs) around and i was just getting attacked and i didn't at first i didn't realize who i was like oh i i guess this can just happen in this game but it's cool to see like even the more background npcs because like that npc doesn't talk you basically have to go around and like talk to everybody in the hold to kind of find out a bit more about her or him i'm sorry i'm not sure anymore
0: yeah i don't know i i guess i assumed yeah i i,
2: I kind of did too <laughs> uh well I, I kind of feel like an asshole
0: <laughs> either way i've got their pants now and i look great
2: oh man if, if you can take down uh rodan or rodan amazing armor set it's mm. fantastic it's very beefy you need a lot of endurance but, i look uh... like a
0: damn death knight and i guess this particular set of armor has this thing where like if you kill a bunch of organics it'll like splatter more with blood and I got into a fight with a bunch of bats and I didn't realize this was a thing and maybe this is something that the game just does naturally that I never noticed but I was like riding up an elevator just caked
1: in gore I'm like whoa I look awesome
2: Oh, did, is that just that armor? Because I don't know.
1: No, I'm running around with with a different set of armor right now. And I realize that all of the things that trail behind me, like my half cape or whatever, frequently just get absolutely coated in blood. Cool.
2: Cool. I like that. That's It's like the nice little additions there. Then there's so you know, many just...
0: fun little details. Uh, let's oh, talk God. real quick about who your guys's favorite NPC is, because I don't know if I have one, but I have some really cool ones.
2: Hmm, okay. Huh. I have to look up their name.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you can also just refer to them as that guy who looks like this or that person or this creature. Like that's totally fine. So
2: I'll let you guys go first because I'm gonna look up their name.
1: I guess my Wait, MVP it, character I'm about it.
0: My MVP character is two things aside from NPCs. I just want to shout out these two little these two little guys. Uh sheep in this game was one of the first things I saw, and when they like Tucked and rode like a little Sonic the Hedgehog. I <laughs> laughed so hard. I was like, "I love these sheep. Protect the sheep at all costs." And then I got headbutted by one, and I'm like, "Wait a minute, rude!" Yeah, they, first of still all,
2: turn on you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the other characters that I really like are the turtles. I am a turtle turtle support bro. Consider me a lord of turtles. Because I, like, found a cave that was just full of turtles. There was, like, 30 of these guys. Tortoises, I guess I should say. They're big guys. And, like, in there, there was a chest that gave me a talisman that, like, increases my stamina recovery. And I found it really early on. I'm like, this is great. And then at some point, I picked up a turtle shell shield. And so for most of the game, I've been running around looking like a ninja turtle which is great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Love that. And apparently that's something that people have like gathered together and started creating builds around like having that shell on their back. And I think it's amazing. <laughs> and uh, Pope Turtle. So there's like a bunch of stuff about turtles in this game and turtles are great. But my favorite NPC might be uh, like either Blade or Millicent and Blade or Blad or Blood or whatever his name is. He's like the big wolf guy with the great sword and the loading screens.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, he's at the uh, festival.
0: Yeah, he's really cool, and he, like, okay, so the Dark Souls universe is very much inspired by Berserk, and I highly recommend yeah. you check that out personally, Justin, as, like, even a horror, like, a dark fantasy horror section of the podcast, because there is some, like, really fucked up things in Berserk. It's, it's a crazy, crazy read.
2: I, I've got friends who are, like, real, like really into berserk and i've just always kind of like brushed off the recommendations of it but maybe i should actually i can send you a video that's like why
0: you should watch berserk that's this really excellent video essay by super Patch wolf and that might change your mind because he really dives into what makes that special but so berserk influences has been all over souls since the original dark souls and maybe even demon souls and so blade really feels like a berserk character if not the main character and as soon as i saw him i'm like "Ooh, i want to be you but the way i found him was really funny because i was like walking through that temple and i just hear and i'm like that's a guy that's not an animal that's a, that's just a dude. And I like looked around and got the snap, whatever. And so I summoned him and he showed up and I did a little quest with him and we went and killed a guy. And I was like, Th- this is really neat. Like it was the first NPC I remember being like, oh, I actually want to do your quests. Like, how do I move your story forward? I still don't know a lot about him, but I think he's really cool. And then Millicent is a-, a lady you come across. who's like infected with rot and you can actually like heal her and she loses her arm and you have to like go find a prosthetic for her and she's a swordsman. And so you eventually like fight by her side and she's just really cool. I really like Millicent. I hope that's her
2: name. Um Millicent. I'm I'm looking at a list right here. Do you remember what she looks like? Well, she's a lady she's got
0: red hair i think and a prosthetic arm
2: okay yeah a woman stricken with scarlet rot
0: yeah she's really cool highly recommend that quest series oh and uh the lady who comes and helps you with um the uh the like grace the one that shows up that's like your guide she's like the doll basically
2: yes um oh my i I love love her
0: she's gorgeous and just everything she says i'm like oh yeah keep go on keep talking
2: tell me the stories of this world for myself i i have to say uh i hope this isn't spoiling too much but uh, uh Rena, i believe it's oh name. the
0: witch yes i we... mean you see her when you get the spirit
2: bell okay yeah that's fair you do a lot more with her yep i was very um, hesitant
0: to do that quest line because it like takes you in a different direction but i've been told it's one of the coolest ways to is. like go through the game
2: it absolutely is i i it's just it's nice to kind of get more of that because we do you know it's it, it's a way that from software is basically like giving you like okay yes here is the switch at the start to like do weird stuff or you know kind of like give you i think she gives you torrent is that who is that
0: no she gives yeah. you the ability to summon ashes okay Torrent's right, right, right. the one that I mentioned, the the woman that meets you in the grace. Okay, right. Yes, yes,
2: yes. And then eventually you see her again, and it's like, oh, weird. Okay, I thought you said you were going away. And then and
0: people talk like, about Ronnie the Witch. Like, there's references to her, like, being cast out of the Academy and stuff. I think that her lore in specific will be probably one of the first, like, lore videos we see from some of these, like, popular Dark Souls creators.
2: I think you will see Rani the Witch's videos uh, touching on some dung eater stuff. Oh, pee poo -poo pooper man! Yeah, pee pee pooper man. (laughs) Um, other other than that, I really like Bach. He's like the first NPC that you really. uh, Other than Santa Claus, he's like the first like NPC NPC you come. Everybody
0: calls him Santa Claus.
2: Confirmed. (laughs) I I mean, how how can you not look at him? Like, look at him.
0: That's him. (laughs) That's the I I really
2: like. (laughs) <laughs> I, I really like Bach. He's just, oh, he's, he's, he's very early. So like, t- to me, it was very memorable because we also, when I was, the, the network test thing was going on, he was, you could do his quest as well. So it was like one of the first things I did Hmm. just because I don't know. I liked him. I I like the idea of like, Hey, this is normally like an evil race. And now he wants you to help take the, like the chieftain and stuff. And I don't know. It's just, it's nice to see that.
0: That's cool. I don't know if I've met Bach. Is he like one of the, uh, one of the fiends or whatever, like little goblin guys. He's
1: a demi-human or whatever they're called. Oh, is that the rat
0: boy you were talking about, David? Yeah, rat boy! Yeah, Yeah. okay,
1: I've not met rat
2: boys. (laughs) I have the ability
1: to mend clothes, though. Oh, yeah, you you can
2: get stuff to... uh, But he'll do it for
1: free, and he'll become very offended when you do it yourself, which is one of my favorite (laughs) things about him. He gets really offended. Yeah,
0: I remember, like, listening to david's stream and he's like well bush is talking to me and now there's a rat boy and i'm like i love this game
2: <laughs> yeah, Wild, like it is the amount of times i have just been like amazed at what i have seen in this game is wild like i don't remember the last time a game's done that yep and i i think the 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 way i've heard it best put is there's a way there's a certain point in fallout 3 where you come out of the vault yes and it's like this huge awe-inspiring moment Yep, this game has like six of those moments like exactly like that
0: yeah every time i come into a vista that looks out across something and i like see a castle i'm like whoa this is incredible and they stick that giant herd tree right in the middle so you always kind of generally know where you are without opening up your map
2: yeah brilliant it's nice too because again you can you see something in this world and you're like oh i want to go to that and really maybe not exactly but for the most part this is like the first time you can actually do that right like you yeah see that tree and you really could go to it at the start of the game if you wanted to and there are if funny you, ways
0: like, to get plays. like you mentioned ronnie i think the area i was trying to get into yesterday is actually locked behind her quest line
2: oh um probably fighting uh rad radon or rad- radon i i'm sorry i don't remember how his i name think is his name pronounced. is radon
0: He's one of the funniest bosses, by the way, and I'll just leave
2: that on the table. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, you know what? His mechanic is also probably one of the most interesting. Like, I I, basically that, uh, I'm just going to spoil it, whatever. That whole boss fight is based around like you having to summon NPCs. Yeah, yeah, because you
0: basically toss a bunch of them at him and it's really cool.
2: Yeah, and, and and it's like all about like horseback battling and I mean, we haven't really seen that before and I actually just found out Yesterday when I was talking to Larry that you can summon uh, other people Oh, <laughs> because, because usually when you summon other people around those uh, those like teleport gates, they stop working right but apparently that in that one it's the only one in the game that you can just like summon people and it'll stay working
0: now can you summon people and npcs because usually you can do one of the other or at least you're limited to like two
2: characters um i'm not a hundred percent sure to be honest with yeah. you um
0: also i've been told to go back over the Radon area when you get a chance because i feel like there's an optional area tucked away in that spot
2: yes there is it's like a dungeon basically it is a it's uh, basically people are using it to farm for runes like afk
1: nice okay so there we go. i feel like the whole game is essentially optional like i have done so little of the actual quest yeah me too <laughs> Like, you've done more than I have, I think, but I'm just over here doing whatever I want, and I think that's one of the big strengths of the game.
0: But who's your favorite NPC?
1: I have two, and I think that they both kind of highlight the opposite ends of the spectrum. So my absolute favorite character, because I think he's ridiculous, is Iron Fist Alexander.
0: I was hoping somebody would mention him. He's so funny.
1: The giant pot of... I want to go fight things. And you're like, all right, buddy, come fight things with me. And,
0: and he was introduced through e 3 stage. Like, they had a guy dressed up on them. And one of the... Stu- I think it might have even been Miyazaki. But on stage, he's like, oh, say hello to my little pot friend.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Man, and they, are, they are so wild. And I love them for it.
1: And I, I, I like the weird lore around, like, the pot people in general. Oh, I don't know any of it. Because apparently they just really like to fight is what i'm gathering from him you know he wants to go there and he wants to have the big fight at the uh the festival and then there's also like a giant pot later yeah. on yeah
0: yeah, like one of the arenas which i've never gotten to any of the arenas people are saying that it might be a dlc thing
1: so you get to him the giant pot and there's just npc summoning symbols to fight and try to kill and so, like, there's this whole mythos in my head, at least, built up about these pot people that they just, you know, really, really enjoy fighting and the thrill of battle, even though they're weirdly breakable pot people.
0: <laughs> That's super fun.
2: I, I felt bad when I first came across them as, like, just, like, the, the enemy type of the pot people, where they were aggressive. Yeah. and you break uh, them and they shatter and there's just... into, into a bunch of goo basically
1: yeah <laughs> yep little ceramic pieces and then they're you know fleshy inside bits fly everywhere and... they're oh, almost like was...
0: snails and we meet snails well snails but we
1: do meet snails <laughs> um, yeah we do and then i think the next npc that i really really was i i guess i like the quest line more than i like the npc because Kind of a quick one-off NPC. We don't see him very much. Is part of a quest line down in the Weeping Peninsula. I can't remember his exact name. Is it uh, Edgar, maybe? Sounds right.
2: Mm. Edgar. I don't know. Oh, yeah.
1: What's Edgar Um, like? So... I just think that it encompasses the storytelling and the, like, off-the-screen storytelling of what happens in a lot of Elden Ring. His storyline is very small. It's a storyline with his daughter.
2: Oh, yes. Okay, I think I know who you're talking about. Uh, is he's like, like an old castle? guy
1: in, in, like, a hut? old guy in a castle? Oh. In a castle. So you bring him a letter from his daughter. Oh, And things yeah. happen.
0: Yeah, I remember this one.
1: But then after those things happen you run into him later and he has a brand new title and he's invading your world and trying to kill you and i'm i'm not sure what happened to this man after i last saw him but clearly well, edgar has seen some shit
2: huh. well i know if you talk to him after you fi- find re his daughter yeah uh, yep. he's basically like oh i've yeah i'm gonna hunt this person down and kill them but i had already killed them at that point in time <laughs>
0: So maybe he just roamed the world, like, angry and sorrowful, and that's how he ended up meeting face-to-face with you. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff like that.
1: And and so I, I think that those two characters really embody, to me, like, some of the weird storytelling that's just kind of, like, built up in this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it also kind of highlights, to me, like, everybody says, all Souls games are so dark, but look at the pot people. There are pot people. into end, end of the story, Miyazaki clearly gross things in these games that are just ridiculous
0: there's a particular set of humor in this i mean there's a character named the dung eater for god's sakes and have you seen those snake guys
1: that like stretch
0: but they're like stubby looking when you first meet them Uh,
2: yes uh you are going to find one soon they're (laughs) hilarious they might be the other part of the uh duo
0: oh funny well apparently there's an npc one too i think you can talk to I i got one of their swords like i killed one and it gave me a magma sword and little things like that i think make these games infinitely replayable just in general because some of the like drops are really cool and meaningful and so it's just fascinating to like discover something right i think the sense of discovery in elden ring is a greater feeling than i have ever felt in any video game ever and that's that's a big statement because I've played a lot of video games, guys, like a, truly a lar- large, amount.
2: Yeah, it's like you had said, I, I don't know if we were recording at this point in time, but th- this is one of those games that you go, OK, just just a couple more minutes and then I'll put it down for the night. And then it's like three hours later and you're like, fuck, I got to wake up like, yep, it's got like a hold on like the whole gaming space, like the whole of, of the gaming space right now. And like people can't let go.
0: I feel so bad for anybody trying to market their game right now because so many players are just enraptured in this world. Yes. And I don't I agree. see myself leaving anytime soon.
1: One of my favorite memes kind of pulls me into that that idea of just being enraptured in it. It's uh it's a stupid meme, but it still gets me. It's so something stupid like uh beating my head against a boss for 5 hours in Elden Ring and then the uh, the meme under it is Fuck you! I'll see you tomorrow. Oh,
0: yep. It's and uh, like <laughs> yep. That's uh that's exactly that's a really good meme because that's that's how I feel about it. And like a, and I never get feeling.
1: frustrated. Like I no. had a a buddy of mine was watching me play a couple days ago, and I was really struggling with some super easy boss. Uh, it was just one of the like random world bosses. It might have been the two pumpkin heads in a little tiny space. Oh yeah yeah. And I really should not have struggled with that fight as much as I did. And I was just cracking up because I was slowly making progress. And every time I died, I just felt like I had made some kind of error. And it just wasn't frustrating because it was a learning experience. And when I came back to it, I didn't a lot of that. And the payoff was really excellent. Yep. And I think that um, people who are able to get into this for the first time without doing Souls games before, I think that might be part of what is really attractive to the game is because you can go anywhere, you can kind of go to the areas that fit your difficulty level at the time, and you just slowly build up the skill that pulls you along into a greater and greater sense of accomplishment.
0: I agree with that. Yeah, yeah.
2: Absolutely.
1: I think that 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 sense of uh, triumph or that sense of accomplishment is really core to the experience, and yeah, it's. I think that exploration really makes it more personalized and more individually leveled than uh, than the more on rails Souls games.
0: That's why sitting here and having these conversations are so compelling. And like, even though we're just sitting down now, like a couple weeks after the fact. To record like a podcast that kind of deep dives into this game, like I have had very similar conversations for about as long with like all of my friends, and that doesn't happen very often.
2: Yeah, it, it's it's been able to like penetrate this like weird. So so before Souls games were always meant to, well, not meant, but they always appealed to a certain type of player, and this this one has has had the ability to just like break through into the like the truly mainstream it's really really cool
0: i don't think that george r R. martin had a big hand in that but i think having him develop a lot of the lore and then being involved in like the prestige and the legend of how this game was being developed probably helped the general like zeitgeist
2: oh yeah oh big time like especially you know uh, obviously everybody is talking about still how he hasn't finished game of thrones Oh yeah i mean and how he never will but uh one of those let's things, to right? be honest people it's not never gonna happen don't 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 keep your hopes up my um, man's
0: out there making money though like i mean yeah. that's the thing <laughs> he's probably made way more doing this project than he did selling the first like couple books or something oh yeah
2: he's he, he absolutely made a killing on it and i mean you I know so, there's, there's even like a nice throwback to the game of thrones with like i think it's the sword of Iron or something like that is what it's called. It's basically like the throne from Game of Thrones, but oh, in the sword. Version. I think
0: I have that. It's like a great sword, but it's called like the yes. grafting sword. And it, you yes, get that in that mission one. you were talking about with Edward. When you kill one of the like beasts at the bottom of, of the tower or whatever, he gives yeah. you that.
1: And it's just all the swords melded together and it looks exactly like the iron <laughs> yeah. throne. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> there's some fun like little references to that, and just general fantasy works in general. Obviously, the moonlight great sword is in there somewhere. I haven't tracked it down, but I here it's cool the berserk dragon slayer sword is really easy to find if you know where to look and it's like massive and fun yeah this game's wild so what would you guys like to see for the future of elden ring because obviously i feel like i could play this game for another like 300 hours and still be entertained
2: that's that's a tough question. Um, Hopefully for it to come out in a time when there's no other video games that I need to be playing. I, I don't know because, man. I mean, obviously those arenas opening up for
0: PvP DLC is probably what we're going to get first. But I yes. feel like they could just take like a continent or something and design like a couple new regions. Or like a pocket dimension or like take us into like a Bloodborne style like nightmare. There's all these different ways where you can just basically create a new area to explore, and I think that would be just as compelling. But honestly, I would like to see Martin release, like, Either a novel that takes place in the history of this world or release like the lore Bible into in some respect for the general public to read. And so I'm really looking forward to any of the like supplementary releases, whether that's an art book or like an official strategy guide or like, like I said, some sort of like novel or something I think would be really cool. Uh, I, I, think I an know an art
1: that's... book would be really neat of
2: this game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It would be it would be absolutely massive but yeah I, no, I
0: want I some agree. elden ring art for my wall like a bloodborne dark souls elden ring steel plate oh that's the shit
1: God, be amazing uh, i'd uh, get that in a heartbeat
0: yeah
2: right uh quickly to double back to the other continent idea yeah you, you have you guys been um yes okay to the underground
0: oh yeah yeah Isn't that, wild? that was one of the first things i found i was completely flabbergasted because that first elevator that you find in the main starting area like it goes on for a long time and i'm like oh it must be a really big loading screen or something and then i'm like no it's actually that deep like they do that on
2: purpose <laughs> there's a couple couple places like that
1: yeah so that area had one of the things that i really enjoyed about the game too was because it is just so opaque sometimes that was one of the areas where i was just running around doing things and there's kind of, like, a I, I don't want to call it a puzzle because I think that oversells it, but, like, I'm just there doing a thing where I'm, like, lighting these brazers.
3: Yeah, yep.
1: And then all of a sudden, you know, it's like, there's just a prompt at the bottom of the screen after I've lit a bunch of them, and I'm like, oh, I think I know where that goes because I explored this place, and lo and behold, like... That's where you find, like, the ancestral like, telling spirit
0: me, or something. It was super cool.
1: Yeah, and there's nothing being, like, oh, like one of eight activated and you're like, okay. Yeah. And it just seemed random, but then it made sense.
0: I discovered that. And like, I saw the corpse of the thing. I'm like, Oh, this is really cool. I wonder if you can like fight this. And then I saw all the braziers and like two of them were lit already, like leading up to that section. And I'm like, wait a second, didn't I like activate two things? And so your mind starts piecing things together and it results in like a really cool boss fight that I still haven't yet to do. But I saw Joe like take my idea of that's probably how you get to this boss fight and then execute it and then fight the boss. And it was awesome.
1: And so that's that I would love to see more of that kind of stuff in an expansion. I think that there are probably some NPCs that their storylines could be pulled along a little bit. That would be fun. But Really, I would like an expansion that was just heavily focused on exploration and more of that, I yep. think would be awesome to have.
0: I think that if From Software, because we've seen them do like gothic Victorian horror kind of stuff. We've seen them do European fantasy and now, like, almost a Nordic fantasy as well as Japanese mythology. I think that if From Software keeps playing around with mythology and, like, pop culture and such, there's an opportunity for them to, like, explore... E- Egyptian... Deities and such. Like, that would be super cool. Or they could do like full blown aliens. Like, there's a lot of opportunities for this particular studio to make just like wild, crazy cool things. But I would also like to see them take that and go back to their roots of Kingsfield and give us like either a first person mode or something for this game or like completely do a new Kingsfield that is first person that's got that like really meaningful expiration. Like, how cool would that be?
1: That'd be super cool.
0: Or another Armored Core? Like, I want more from this studio, and I want just, like, anything they're willing to put out. Them's the rumors, right? Yeah, that's what people say, is they are doing another Armored Core, but you know how rumors go in the video game industry?
2: You know, Silent Hill is coming, like, next week or something like that, right? Yeah, and it has been for, like,
1: 12 years.
2: (laughs) Yeah,
1: It's uh, a little off-topic, but you should go grab an Armored Core if you have it, especially, like, some of the PS2 ones. Yeah, okay. Some of the wildest, like mech combat in video games it's really plotting and i think it tries to be hyper realistic and i don't think miyazaki even worked at from soft at the time so it doesn't have any of his touch on it yeah because i think but
2: it was was dark soul or demon souls like his first game that he worked on right
1: that's how i understand the story
2: went is like he was like given it because they thought it was going to fail already or something like that yeah. and he like completely changed
0: it around he yeah.
1: completely retooled it yeah
0: that's that's the narrative i've heard i would love to sit down and read a book that really dives into like the history of these games and i collect a lot of video game books that do just <laughs> that and i hope that there's a dark souls one out there there's bound to be
1: my understanding he's... of him as a, a like the studio itself is that he's so involved that that's one of the big reasons that they don't really make multiple games at once
0: makes sense yeah
1: i i think i remember him saying in an interview something along the lines of like he like the world is so curated in these games that he will get into the point of like well i think that the slope on that hill is wrong like you should go back in there and edit it some and like like really your biggest micromanager yeah
2: again i wouldn't be surprised to find out he's
1: and he's not... the ceo so like yeah. he's sitting there ceo managing you like three levels above who should be really talking to oh, you man. you know <laughs> there is
0: definitely a possibility and a high likelihood that a lot of these games were developed with like really ridiculous crunch culture which is something we've preached against the need for and a lot of studios have been actively fighting against we have push for unions and such so i fully want to acknowledge that a lot of these games that were like so infatuated with very well could be made off like the blood sweat and tears of people who have really put a lot of like sacrifice into it
2: oh yeah i mean you i don't know i if you saw like the glass door rating image basically that was going around about from software I uh, last week oh yeah I- i'm assuming you what glass door is yeah it's like, it's the,
0: like a yeah. quote-unquote transparent way for people to complain about their jobs
2: yeah it's got really bad ratings i'll leave it at that um I'll, I'll see if i can find it and i'll send it to you but wouldn't surprise me.
0: And I'm yeah. like, the more I learn about the video game industry, the more I'm like, well, there's more toxic and disgusting behavior. Uh, That sucks. I hate that. <laughs> like, yep. Which is why I tend to like, I really avoid covering and talking about and playing and like, quote unquote, celebrating many of the games that like a lot of just regular people actively play and love. So yeah. like, I, I totally get it. But I just hope that a lot of these studios will start to embrace healthier work cultures.
2: Good luck, that's the dream. Yeah, that's the dream. <laughs> yeah, but I hope so.
0: <laughs> Regardless, Elden Ring, good. Uh, I think if people really like enjoy this talk and would like to see another episode of Elden Ring or Dark Souls coverage or a particular feature or something. I've actually got a couple feature, like, article ideas in the works that I think will be really cool and might even turn into videos or something. But if you basically like what's going on here and want more of this type of content, let us know. And that's something that you could even, like, pitch to Justin, too. Or if you want to see Dave stream on Twitch rather than just in Discord, like, let us know because... I think there's that a sounds lot of potential me.
1: Like I I don't know how to yeah, do any mean... of that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I it's the same thing you're doing. Just you click a different button.
1: <laughs> I I can't learn new buttons. That's not what this is about.
0: <laughs> <laughs> me and Joe would even come up and set it up for you, but regardless, I mean, if people wanted to get a hold of you, Dave, on the internet, is that something you want to share or do you want to plug something in specifics?
1: Uh, no, I don't actually really have a good way for people to get a hold of me on the internet. So, uh plug yeah. something
0: you like on the internet then.
1: Thanks for putting me on the spot. What do I like (laughs) on the internet? I I, recommend us a creator or
0: another cool game or a sweet book or something.
1: Ooh, I know that it's completely out of like what I've been playing and what we've been talking about, but my other love is stupid survival games.
3: Okay.
0: Yeah. Like the forest and, uh, rust and such.
1: And my recent one has been, it's an old one, but I mean, still an Alpha, as every single survival game is, right? Project Zomboid has been really ridiculous. Oh my god,
2: somebody else who plays that game.
1: (laughs) Uh, It's so good! And like, their team is tiny, and the game is actually awful, maybe, but I also love it. I'm not sure where I actually lie on
2: it. So it's weird, the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, it's like a zombie game, but in The Sims...
1: That's what I thought when
0: I saw it. So I was like, "All right, cool. Why not?" That's like popular with kids, I think. Like that's that's another one of those games I hear like middle school people say in the same breath as like Roblox or Fortnite. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Like there's this weird like (laughs) revival of Project Zomboid because I think some TikTokers or something play it.
1: Somebody bought it for me. I was not even on my radar. Somebody bought it for me and. Since then, it's been a game that I've been super engrossed in, and it actually hits one of the same things about... Like, in this game, I feel super accomplished, in Elden Ring, uh, I feel super accomplished when I two things and project zomboid has getting infected and losing your character and so i feel the same way in that it gives me a sense of accomplishment when i succeed at what i'm doing that's cool and it's something i enjoy in games in general and they're a small ish indie team and so i think that's really neat
0: hell yeah so project zomboid again if people want to check that out justin let's uh let's talk about where we can find you and maybe (sighs) one more thing that you want to plug
2: oh oh which
0: one are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just uh, just like something cool that you're into aside from Elden Ring, I oh, guess. Oh, okay.
2: Uh, yeah, so obviously uh, well, maybe not obviously, but uh, yeah, you can find me uh, writing weekly content on Dread XP or releasing weekly podcasts over at the here's johnny podcast i do contributing writing for forever classics i just had a ghostwire tokyo preview come out yeah i don't know when this is coming out but you do
0: like send out the preview is already available like okay that's on the website do you know when this is coming out what the oh this episode probably at least a week from now either way by then
2: after the 21st
0: we can schedule it after the 21st if you want to talk okay, about cause, it. Yeah,
2: because I, I just got an email that I actually have to forward to you. Uh, but okay, yes, cool. and I, I will have a review of uh, Ghostfire Tokyo. Yeah. Uh, as of the 21st. Yeah, you
0: do contribute uh, to us when uh, whenever the moment arises. Because basically, whenever you like started doing games, uh, you kind of came to me and was like, is there any way I can like publish with you guys? Or I don't know. Regardless, we ended up talking to get your stuff on my site and it was just like cool because there's a lot of things that we both play maybe outside of our niches because you're yeah. all the time doing horror and so I was like well if you do something that's not horror or if you want to like do a written version of a review like you're more than welcome to do it and so you covered Resident Evil Village when it came out which is fun and then God, now you've got game. Ghostwire Tokyo uh, uh,
2: man you know what game I am weirdly really looking forward to digging into though I'm not gonna lie this is gonna be my plug this is gonna be my plug okay 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 everybody go check out the most I guess as the internet says Chad Final Fantasy Coming out uh, yes. in Stranger of Paradise.
0: Yes, I just have been bugging Square Enix for a copy of that. I think it's actually available at the end of this week.
2: It, so I know if you pre order it on PS5 or Xbox One, I think you can actually start playing it tonight.
0: Yeah, that sounds right. I just did an article about it on our website, but there's Man. a demo for anybody interested about this. And
2: it is just like the most bro ish final fantasy i've ever seen like <laughs> I, I, alex and i both were both obsessed with final fantasy you know yeah. i i mean final fantasy 9 for life like oh of course and that's how you agree on that
0: if i'm not mistaken like because yes, of the interest is. in final fantasy
2: yeah it, absolutely and like this there is okay this is gonna sound weird but like obviously i know it's uh developed by like team ninja and i forget who else they who else uh is working. Uh, probably uh, Koei
0: tecmo it's like square enix and team ninja primarily.
2: Yes yeah and i don't know there's just something about it when a final fantasy says fuck that i'm like all right i'm <laughs> in
0: yes i'm in
2: <laughs> and like so i've seen a couple of cutscenes where like the boss you know the the like evil guy is going on like his long tirade and the main character jack just like interrupts him and is like i don't give a fuck and <laughs> we'll attack him and like That's something about, like he like embodies the player and i don't know i'm just I don't care if it sucks. That's I haven't read like, any reviews. Yeah, that's kind of like Azra's
0: Wrath. There's a button where you can interrupt like bosses. Oh so there'll like, be these big monologues and you can just punch them.
2: Listen, I Azura's Wrath is probably one of my favorite games from that generation. It's Hell yeah. just like it's cool. It's so wild and like surprisingly, not a lot of people have played it. Yeah. Which is crazy to me. But I mean it is basically just like a QTE simulator from start to finish. Like you don't actually like play. No, like, no
0: not really. Some of the final boss fights can get kind of like involved as far as like player inputs yeah. are concerned but for the most part it is a like but, visual feast for it's the Like eyes. dragon ball z yeah, it's like a, yeah. You,
2: you are playing an episode or a, like an arc of dragon ball z and it is amazing like i want that character in street fighter so bad oh man i want them to re-release that game if or marvelous capcom so unfortunately they they have uh azer's wrath on ps now but uh it like weirdly doesn't work for some reason i don't know some of the uh-huh. inputs don't like line up it's probably just like lag or something but sure sure if i ever find a way to write about azura's wrath i will definitely be writing about it because you're
0: more than welcome I, to on our site because I, I, i've got a copy I mean, on my don't shelf and me, i look at it they, every now and don't again.
2: tempt me because like i will gladly <laughs> talk about that game for hours it is wild
0: we do cover games in its entirety including fan games and retro stuff and so if okay. people are interested that's that's something we
2: can do <laughs> We'll talk because on like every time I bring up Azura's Wrath, everybody's like, "Fucking what's that?" Like nobody. It's kind of like 3D dot game heroes.
0: Oh sure, yeah, that's another one yeah. that's fun that I keep an yeah, eye on. Yeah,
2: it is a level five, basically ripoff of Legend of Zelda. That's you can't cool. find it anywhere. No, it's, anyways, it's really yeah.
0: expensive, which is why I advocate for emulation wholeheartedly.
2: Yeah, me too. It's okay. We're on the same page. I um, agree. But the, yeah, those the are the one things more thing
0: too. that I want to drop into people's lap is I think that where do I want to go with this I've been watching Twin Peaks and that's all I'm gonna say Twin Peaks is fun and stupid and weird and just like really involved and it's been a lot of fun for me and my girlfriend to sit down every now and again and watch a couple episodes and like look up nothing about it neither of us don't know anything about this world or the storylines or anything we just know it's weird and influential so we're like going back to all these different like she reads a lot of classic sci-fi to try to determine sort of the origins of a lot of things and she watches a lot of like Star Trek Star Wars is her favorite thing. And so we jumped onto Twin Peaks. We're like, I don't know, halfway through the second season or something. And it is so much fun. And it's something that, like, once I'm done with Twin Peaks, I kind of want to go into X-Files because I have a similar knowledge of it, which is to say absolutely nothing. I don't know anything about X-Files.
2: <laughs> it's okay. I'm right there with you with X-Files. Uh, Twin Peaks is amazing. The second season is weird on your first viewing because it's it's it comes across, across so much, like, goofier.
0: Oh, sure, yeah. Uh, protect Lucy at all costs. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's
2: something in the donuts.
0: <laughs> Those man, are my theories. Uh, but also I'm coming off show. of somebody who watched, like, all of Blood Sea, which I had you guys watch, and there's something wrong with the coffee cakes in that or something.
2: <laughs> yeah, okay, that's fair. Yeah, um, yeah are, are you going to go watch, uh, like, Walk With Me and Fire and stuff too? Which yeah, is I, we
0: plan on watching the, like, the new version of Twin Peaks or, like, the third mm-hmm. season or whatever you want to call it, and then the film. Like, yeah. basically we're going to try to find... Like, the chronological release or whatever. Interesting.
2: No, that's 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 a good series to get into. It's um, a fun little project. I would pair it, perhaps, with, like, a, a Deadly Premonition, See, if I you will. See, I thought about that. Yeah. It's weird because the story in Deadly Premonition is very Twin Peaksy, oh. but that's basically it. Right, right. You like, obviously, like, it's...
0: I'm hoping I'll get flavors of that maybe with, like, Alan Wake 2. Oh, man. Which is Alan on the Wake horizon.
2: 2. Yeah, oh, huh. I, I, or it's and the other point, reason right?
0: that I want to do that too is because I've always liked the idea of control, but I've never sat down and played it. So I'm hoping that like with some of the X-Files-y, Twin peaks sort of background, maybe I'll like be really in the mood for that game or something and sit down and play through. Because I like things that enhance experiences, which is why one of my next features that might actually take like a lot of effort is I kind of want to look up things that not only influenced potentially the Souls-like games, but also enhance them if you are aware of them or interact with them either before or after playing these games. And so the immediate example is like, we saw somebody on Twitter talk about how there's a lot of never-ending story inside of Elden Ring. Me and Joe sat down and watched Never Ending Story and they're absolutely correct. So if you're uh, playing Elden Ring, man watch never-ending story on i think we either caught it on
2: netflix or hbo to circle back to control another fantastic game by the way like sure, uh, sure absolutely amazing there is a moment in that game that if you have not spoiled ha- had it spoiled for you you might not even know it's been spoiled for you that is one of the like wildest out of the blue but like kicks so much ass moments in gaming Ooh, fun like Oh, I, I, I hope out. it hasn't been spoiled for you, but let me know when you like decide to dive into it because that might be the time where I replay Control as well.
0: Right on. All right, guys. Well, I've kept you around for about an hour and a half, and so I think we should probably to put a cork on this particular podcast. So first of all, thank you all so much for hanging out with me and talking about such a wonderful game and such a cool franchise. And it has been... Oh absolutely a pleasure so until next time i hope everybody has a chance to check out forever classic com. and if you want to send us an email shoot us one at the forever classic podcast at com. and of course we also mentioned where you can find justin's work and and of course we've got some one more things that you're more than interested to jump into and if you want to talk to us about that find us on the discord uh, until next time i'm alex this is justin and david we've had a rip-roaring time talking about elden ring and we hope you do too
1: Have a good evening, everybody.
2: Have a good night, everybody.